to the Gridiron Show and lots for us to sink our teeth into because, well, on our show we're saying there's no news and suddenly there's lots of news. Zeke Elliott can't stop getting himself arrested. Kirk Cousins and Le'Veon Bell went past the deadline without signing long-term deals. Dante Fowler's gone and got himself in trouble and Dave Gettleman's been sacked by the Panthers. What? Plus loads of top interviews. This is the Gridiron Show. show in association with touchdown trips getting you in the game and later in the show we will be speaking with ben mortimer from touchdown trips to discuss the latest deals they've got on offer and uh, also talk a little bit more about our tour 25 of you have signed up there are still a few places left so we'll be talking with ben later in the show looking forward to that uh ollie hunters in the studio with me we're going to be talking as well to um we're going to be hearing from tira matthew we're going to be hearing from Joel Batonio, fantastic guard for the uh, Cleveland Browns, that left-hand side of their line with JC Tretter and, uh, and the big man Joe Thomas, starting to look very exciting. And we'll hear from quarterback extraordinaire, sometimes also punter, Johnny Hecker. Oh, oh. Well, I asked him about the trick plays. I'm like, you, you, you do it against divisional opponents. You did it against Seahawks, did it against the Cardinals before. Are we going to get a trick player at Twickenham? He went, uh, I'd like to see one thrown in, but don't want to get too predictable. I'm like, do it, Johnny, do it! Come on, Johnny. Give uh, the fans what they want. Precisely, precisely. So there are, as I say, loads of news for us to get to uh, today. Uh, and not only that, but we're going to be talking... Uh, we're going to have those interviews for you as well. And we're back in the proper studio again. This is all very exciting. I mean, you're back in the proper studio. I'm back in the control room. But still, you know... Keska Ladif, mate. Also... Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the shed is becoming a proper studio. Oh, mate, the shed is the best. Um, we do have to. Is my oyster card still in there? I didn't actually check. Oh, sorry. mate, uh, I've been rinsing my card. I need my oyster back. It's got like twenty quid on it. Well, you'll get it. You'll get it eventually. Who uses an oyster card anymore anyway? No, Hashtag it's good. London problems. It's good to use an oyster. Uh, why? Because you know exactly how much you're spending. Um, That's it. Yeah. That's the only reason. It's good. Yeah, it's not good enough. Uh, but I love you, so don't worry about thanks, it. Thanks, mate. So yeah, good uh, top stuff for us to speak about today. Plenty for us to get into. Uh, Ollie, before we do any of that, is there anything you would like to discuss at the top of the show today? You know, I don't think so. I mean, we, it's only it's not been long since we last saw each other. I can tell you that even oh, what is that? What's going on there? <laughs> and my laptop just threw a hissy fit. I don't know why, but there we go. No, no, no. I think I'm fine. What about you? Uh, no, I'm I'm feeling good, buddy. I am ready I'm, and raring. I've. Uh, I mean, a little bit of office office gop office gossip you've office upset gossip. someone today i uh, yeah i've not really i'm sure i haven't really upset them so let's not get into it and then if i've really <laughs> upset them i'll tell you about it on the next show um next week we are going to be doing oh you've really upset them you don't even want to talk about it on hashtag office gossip shut up buddy <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good effect that i can occasionally add to it that's if really you've got good. your mic on yeah. i can just be like i am the voice of god uh, oh my god you really have gone uber <laughs> Um, But yeah, other than that, I'm having a great time, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, okay. That was a bit much of me, sorry. 
like that. Uh, uh, we'll get to that story in a moment, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about plenty of other stuff as well. Um, I just want to start off by we we on the last show we kind of skipped over the SBs. We skipped over the SBs because I didn't realise that Samuel L. Jackson was the man who handed out the award for best team. There are some fans of a certain NFL team who are pretty livid about who won best team. I would argue over the course of the season the Golden State Warriors are the deserving best team victors. But let's just hear Samuel L. Jackson, noted Atlanta Falcons fan, handing out the best team award. And the SB goes to... Oh, God. Please don't let it be them. Don't let it be them. Don't let it be them. (laughs) It's not them. Okay, Uh, Golden State Warriors! That's great, isn't it? I'd like to thank uh, Samuel Jackson for <laughs> narrating my inner monologue for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hundred percent right. I would say everybody's inner monologue that wasn't a Cleveland uh, in no Cleveland, not Indians, uh, Cleveland Cavs or a New England Patriots fan or an actual Patriots fan yeah, yeah absolutely um, uh, I'm just messaging Ben to make sure he's up for doing the interview so uh, I'm just typing away as well I want to make sure I do it and remember to do it because otherwise I, I don't want to get in trouble let's start off by talking about <laughs> the Carolina Panthers and this bizarre decision at this point in the season to fire general manager Dave Gettleman now Gettleman obviously put together the team which took them to the Super Bowl only 18 or so months ago, 19 months ago. Um, it just been rocked by this surprise firing. But former players haven't been shot by at all. Now, apparently the Josh Norman deal had uh, plenty to do with this. He was in a shaky place with ownership over the way he dealt with former players who've ended up leaving the team, the way contract negotiations have gone, the way that players have complained about it, and certainly the likes of Steve Smith Jr.'s tweet was brilliant he went it's okay dave i know how you feel suggesting that being sacked by the panthers is something he's used to and then a picture of him absolutely just loving life uh, josh norman did the old shocked eyes and then strokey chin emojis combined yeah. certainly there's there's been a lot of like positive reaction from former panthers players but i think the general feeling was that people were pretty stunned by this I mean, yeah, because it's, it, well, I think it's only eight, uh, seven or eight days f- to camp now. And when it actually happened Monday night, it was nine days until camp. So we're talking about uh, rookies coming back, um, y- you know, the, the, the entire roster coming back. Changes need to be made. You need, uh, you need someone that's, that's been working in the off-season and evaluating these players without seeing them, obviously, in, in training camp, uh, to come into training camp with a, a dossier on each player uh, that uh, is is up for consideration, and then work a lot work with the with the the head coach and, and the other coaches, the positional coaches, to finalise that roster. Now, if you've only done it with if you if you haven't even got a general manager who's going to come in. Uh, before that period and ha- doesn't have all of that you're already behind the eight ball it's almost akin to um, when teams go up through the playoffs in in football where they feel that they are two three weeks behind the guys that have already been promoted and it, it kind of feels like that the Panthers no doubt something that, that uh, perhaps they'll promote with from within but the the assistant GM went over went over to the bills didn't he um, a yeah, couple of, I, a couple I, of months ago I, so so that that um, that room is 
entirely depleted it's, it feels yeah they've lost their, they lost the guys to the Bills and the Bills of course who not dissimilarly fired their general manager in a surprise timing wise not necessarily a surprise move firing Doug Whaley immediately after the draft this year uh, I, I, that made more sense to me because at least what you've done is said right we've got this existing scouting network we only need to get through the draft let's put a lot of the decisions in the hands of our new head coach who again a guy who had come from the Panthers and then in Sean McDermott and then we're going to allow the changes to happen I, I don't necessarily agree with it I think it should have happened earlier I think that GM and coach firings almost should always come together unless there is a clear reason one way or the other that something's not working take for example the situation in Jacksonville don't necessarily object to that because the roster on paper from a talent perspective looks very strong so you had to point towards the coast I'm afraid to, uh, Gus Bradley uh, Ron Rivera has been talking out about it um, they've appointed interim uh, GM Marty Herney who also happens to be an old uh, general manager um, and he's kind of suggested that uh, he, he said he saw what he did, he liked what he did so far, his interactions with him early on, but having that change nice and quickly and having somebody in place, Riviera said, was was definitely something that he was very positive Riviera. on. Riviera. Okay, good. Did I say Riviera? You hit that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, you oops. did. <laughs> uh, it's been a long day already. Uh, <laughs> um, the idea is that it is coming from these contract negotiations, how matters within the personal, de- uh, the personnel department, I'm getting it all wrong, felt about the tough manner he dealt with people. I just don't see why, if you felt like this, why wouldn't have you done it a lot earlier? And uh, there, are other, there are a couple of other weird decisions that the Panthers have made. The way that they broke this on their website they posted a video of Michael Lombardi ex-NFL executive now works for The Ringer I think talking to on Rich Eisen's show explaining why Gettleman was fired saying that he alienated some of the staff uh, some of the some players um, okay he was just doing his job your, your job isn't to be as a GM to be the player's best friend but to post a video openly criticising Gettleman on your website of another guy talking about it on another show I find that incredibly bizarre yeah um, stunning D'Angelo D- Williams uh, was another one who public, publicly tweeted and he was unceremoniously dumped uh, a couple of years ago went and had some excellent times at, Pittsburgh, at the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and a brilliant performance at the Slammiversary in Impact Wrestling if you've not seen that I have seen that it yeah. is, he genuinely as a wrestling fan he could do it worked well like he took bumps he made, like yeah. he sold it he told the story he did everything you're meant to do as a proper wrestler like, I was really impressed and he said I, pump, I want to publicly say Panthers is off my list of teams I won't play for during due to the firing of that snake Dave Gettleman no snake emoji though so ah you've missed a trick there but this is off the back of an interview he did on Adam Schefter's Know Them from Adam podcast where he suggested there are only four teams in the NFL who he wouldn't at least consider an offer from and the Panthers were on that list and now the Panthers are off that list who are the other three the remainder of the list the Cleveland Browns why because of a lack of winning culture okay fine Uh, the Jaguars for the same reason yeah and the Dallas Cowboys because of Jerry Jones? Because he's a massive 49ers fan. Grew up in the Bay Area no during the 80s, 90s. Oh, Natural Owens stuff. All of that stuff, yeah. he That was very much the era that he grew up in. And, you know, those NFC Championship games, those huge playoff games between those two teams. And so he just, as a fan, and I think a lot of fans, uh, Cowboys had a dig at him for it. I don't care. Oh, look, I love that. I, I, um, 
I'm I'm a big fan of of that uh, of that video of To spiking um, the cowboy the, the ball on the cowboy's star. Isn't yeah. that great? It's when he went back and did it again. Yeah, and then he only <laughs> did it again, and then it massively kicked off. We don't see anything like that now. That was that was great. Yeah, it was great, but maybe a little antagonistic. Maybe just a what? little bit. What? <laughs> um, I genuinely, I'm in so much in work mode right now. I just nearly broke the news during the podcast that Australia won the toss in the ICC semi-final of the Women's World Cup and and chose to uh, to go into bat because I genuinely thought I had to do that because I, when have been sat in this studio previously. Sorry, mate, India is, did it. India have won I said the India, toss. Didn't no, I? you said Australia. No. Well, I've, what is really, going on? I've done it. I've done it wrong as well. <laughs> God, they're back on air in two and a half hours. Oh, oh, it's going to go all wrong. <laughs> um, let's talk about those deals that weren't done ahead of the deadline for long-term deals for those signed under the uh, under the uh, under the tag, the franchise tag. Um, it went and gone Monday uh, evening our time. Uh, Tremaine Johnson didn't sign a deal as well but that's not been too heavily reported and that's not too much of a surprise because he's getting a fair whack um, under the franchise tag and he will then see what I think the the offers could be um, they could be very high at the end of next season or he could even sign another tag again because it's we're seeing with with Kirk Cousins who likes to play from year on to year it, it could be the same with Tremaine Johnson uh, Le'Veon Bell will remain in the $12.1 million franchise tag. There's an argument and a conversation to be had about the amount he catches the ball out of the backfield. Should he in some way be compensated more for the fact that he plays dual roles in that offence? Do you know what I think, by the way, on this? I, th- I don't think there's any chance of that happening because that then sets a precedent. And if it does happen, we could see David Johnson in two years' time or one year time being one of the most highly paid players in in the NFL. Well, the NFL want to keep some control over the players who who they feel uh, seem to have a lot of control, more control than the teams would like. Apparently, they offered Bell thirty million dollars over the first two years of a longer term deal, well over the twelve million a year that he'd average under the tag. I assume that there'd be a drop off beyond that, but you just keep negotiating the deal. And with running backs, it's about earning in the next couple of years because it is such a short term position in yeah. the NFL. I mean, yeah, anything can happen. You look at LaShawn McCoy's five-year, $40 million deal that probably leads the market right now, be earning a lot more than that. And as Le'Veon Bell tweeted, I guess I just got to get better. Don't. That's terrifying. Uh, but the big one is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins didn't get a deal done with uh, Washington. Um, and interestingly, it seems like it's been, despite the fact they didn't get a deal done, kind of weirdly... Uh, there's a, I was going to say a mutual, not mutual, but kind of, I don't want to say that it has been between the two sides, that everyone's happy with it, because I don't think anyone's really happy with it, but everyone's kind of been very nice about it afterwards, and no one's pushed anyone else's buttons and slagged anyone else off, and they've all said, look, we couldn't come to an agreement, we still want to do something long term, it didn't happen right now, but we're still working on it kind of thing, and... I kind of I feel like all the power at this point is in Kirk Cousins' court. All the power. Should we hear from Bruce Allen? Yes, uh, the, the Washington president. Allen. He he, um, amazingly put out a video statement on the negotiations and how they couldn't quite get it done with Kirk Cousins. We made Kirk an offer that included the highest fully guaranteed amount upon signing for a quarterback in NFL history. $53 million. But despite our repeated attempts, 
We have not received any offer from Kurt's agent this year. Kurt has made it clear to me that he prefers to play on a year-to-year basis. I love that he calls him Kurt. Yeah, it'd be great if Bruce <laughs> Allen knew the name of his quarterback. That would be a great start. I'd put that in the contract. If you're going to say my name in public and you get it wrong, then I get paid an extra million dollars this year. Well, it was um, it was Steph Curry who didn't sign with Nike because they kept calling him Stephen Curry <laughs> and spelling it. I think they spelled it wrong, and that's why Nike lost out on the most marketable athlete. It, it, over the last one of the most marketable athletes <laughs> over the last say. five years to to Under Armour who have gone stratospheric partly because of Steph Curry His and back to back MVP years <laughs> that's amazing I never knew that story uh, they, they went Steph and his father went into a meeting with Nike Nike had got the presentation wrong and said his name wrong in the first well in the first minute the rest of the meeting was null and void as far as they were concerned and uh, they then promptly went and signed for Under Armour it, amazing story it's an amazing story but yeah the Washington one I think he's quite bitter there Bruce Allen yeah I, there's a situation developing now with this where if they t- were to tag him again it would cost them 35 million dollars that's crazy money but for Kirk Cousins you've got a situation where there are two new head coaches in the league who have both worked with you before, both love you, are both on theoretically quarterback needy teams. I mean, Sean McVay, they will want to see what Jared Goff can do this year. They've spent a lot of money, on, not well, not of money, a lot of um, uh, capital on him via the draft. But between Sean McVay and between, uh, and between uh, our man, in, uh, Carl in San Francisco, Carl Shanahan. Uh, wow. <laughs> I'm very tired. Uh, between Carl Shanahan, between the two of them, oh, I didn't work. Why have you. Ah, there it is. Did you turn my talk back down? No. I don't know how to do that in here. <laughs> you could do with it because it's really loud. Uh, between uh, Carl Shanahan and uh, Sean McVay, somebody's going to offer him a lot of money next offseason, as will Washington as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's in a perfect position right now. He's only about to turn. 30 he's still got plenty of years ahead of him in quarterbacking terms and and actually he's got better over the years and you'd expect that um that curve to keep going up upwards for for Kirk Cousins and especially when you think about it with with Shanahan work with him before as you said but the system there kind of works as well okay the offense is nowhere near as talent heavy I don't think than the Washington offense the 49ers offense but um it's a far more attractive place to live, I think, San Francisco, than, than Washington. And, and here's the other thing about it, and I don't mind Washington as a city necessarily, but when they tried to get the deal done, that deal, the 40 whatever million it was guaranteed that Bruce Allen claimed that would have made him the highest paid quarterback, a $100 million extension apparently, um, Cousins refused. Because he knows the value that getting to that second tag is to him. Just getting put under that second tag in March means that... If he signs a new contract, fine. But if there's that looming thing of the third tag over him, next summer, they don't have the bargaining chip of, fine, we'll just put you under the tag for another year and, and we'll deal with it next year. If if he plays well this year, he they have to either pay him the best money a quarterback will receive in the NFL 
or they have to pay him the best money for a single year that anyone's ever received in the NFL because it'll be $35 million under a third tag. It's crazy. He's in such a ridiculously strong position right now, Cousins. And I feel like even if he played badly this year, he'd still get a huge contract, probably bigger than the one he got offered this year, by one of those two teams, probably San Francisco, because they believe in him and the idea that losing the players that he's lost, like Pierre Garçon, like Deshaun Jackson, has had a negative impact. Mm. I, I, and losing Sean McVay, of course. Yeah. Losing a great coordinator. Um, well, you it, never know. They could they could uh, always just let him leave and trade up for a, a you know a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson or something. And that's worked for them before, hasn't it? Trading up for a for a, a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, but, clearly. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, uh, it, it's doubly kind of interesting. You had Cars twenty five million a year mega deal as the kind of standard bearer at the moment, but uh, the other the other guy who is coming up is Matthew Stafford. Uh, funny story today that the Lions have taken down their playoff banners or decided to because uh, really you should only be putting banners up if you know their championships and things like that um, but yeah it, he is potentially going to be offered an absolute mega crazy huge deal as well you're going to see a, so his, his franchise tag number alone because of everything else going on is 26.4 million amazing that is insane, isn't it? Oh, this is <laughs> the quarterbacks are finally going to start getting paid like top players in play, things like the NBA, etc. So, uh, so yeah, all good, all good. Dante Fowler got arrested on two misdemeanor charges. I mean, this is at the moment not a huge deal. It looks like uh, bat- simple battery and mischief. He's been um, uh, arrested on posting a six hundred and fifty dollar bail bond. It's basically a case of road rage, wasn't it? It's very, very low end as it currently stands by the looks of it. But you just don't. You, the Jags are getting themselves right this off-season, and I don't want to be Dante Fowler going back into that front office and having to speak to Tom Coughlin about getting arrested. God, that's petrifying. That, Absolutely petrifying. If Tom Coughlin was your dad, you would never have done it. You would never have broken curfew. You wouldn't have drunk a drop before you were 18 because it would just be far too terrifying to do so and uh, if you look at the Giants I don't really remember any big stories coming out of the Giants until Com- Tom Coughlin left and what was the name of the, the kicker is it John Brown uh, the name of the kicker that basically assaulted his wife over v- many years that didn't come out allegedly uh, I don't think it's alleged but fine the, the, he's been dropped by the team um, but that didn't come out until Coughlin had left so obviously people have in uh, organisations are petrified of Coughlin and they are too right they should be so Dante um, it could be an inferno when you get back nice <laughs> love that um, but there is one I am slightly more concerned about and that is Zeke Elliott now it might just be a case of a couple of incidents flashing and hopefully that's all it is but you've got a combination of events over the last six months or so. Ezekiel Elliott, conviction for misdemeanor spy, uh, speeding when he was going 100 miles an hour. You had the incident where he pulled the woman's top down during when he was out partying quite soon after the season finished and knowing he was on camera and they were on a float and that was just a bit of weird behaviour. And now you've got this uh, investigation going on into an incident at a Dallas bar uh, that involved Ezekiel Elliott. Now there are people who were involved and they were there at the event who claim he didn't throw a punch. There are others who claim he broke somebody's nose. We don't know what has happened, and I'm very much an innocent until proven guilty kind of guy, and I hate the whole no smoke without fire argument. But when the incidents start to stack up with a player of that level of talent 
earning that sort of money, who's come into the NFL and exploded in that way, you do start to kind of just get those slight shivers of some of the names from the past who have come in and had early success and then thrown it away through their own behaviour. And I just desperately hope that a player as exciting as Ezekiel Elliott is on a team that suits him as well as the Cowboys do, he's just going to get his head nice and straight and Jason Garrett's going to have a word with him and be like, look, come on, mate, calm it down. Okay, so on the Nat Coombs show, we have Bob McManaman, uh, who's from uh, Arizona. He, he writes about the Cardinals. So uh, not necessarily uh, part of the Dallas beat, but he was convinced that Elliot would get banned by the time the season starts. And th- this, for a, as you said, the, the, the culmination of, of the misdemeanors and the domestic abuse allegations, that he was convinced that he wouldn't be starting. Now, I'm not so sure. In the last sort of 15, 14 hours, um, it's, it's come out that uh, the police have suspended um, the investigation due to the lack of a complaint. Uh, the day said the de- t- detectives have made several attempts to contact the victim through various ways, but at this time have not been able to make contact, adding, to date, no witnesses have come forward to provide any in- additional information about this incident. OK, so let- let's park that. There's a couple of other things that, this, that I've uh, spotted on a Washington Post article about the whole thing, about Elliot. Um, Jason Garrett hasn't spoken to Elliot about this at all. He says he plans to on Friday. That is worrying. Okay, Garrett might be on holiday, Elliot might be on holiday, but you give the guy a call and say, what's going on, dude? Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 a weird, weird state of affairs. Um, uh, Jerry Jones said of Elliot this week, as you well know, because of his style and personality, it's like a rock star wherever he goes in terms of attention. I mean, Jerry Jones is automatically giving him a, a pass there. Anybody that's experienced that knows that that takes getting used to you have to learn many aspects of that certainly Zeke is evolving and being subject to needing to learn how to deal with the media and social media the way it is today I mean that's classic Jerry Jones deflective talk young young people have got to be given a chance to be young people and we've talked about this a lot before where people who come into the NFL superstars in high school superstars in college they've been built up to be on this pedestal already and then you throw millions of dollars into the mix it is a dangerous dangerous situation and I think the NFL do some great work with the rookie symposium and I think they do they are trying more and more to tackle this I, but you can't then give them any kind of pass on it. You can't then suddenly be like, uh, well, you've, you've got to come down on them. Not, not necessarily come down on them. They might be the sort of player who needs an arm around them. But you have to deal with the situation, not to say, ah, you know, it should be all right. We'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't help that he's in Dallas, which where, other than New York, probably the media scrutiny is the highest. Yeah, definitely up there. We're definitely, definitely yeah. well up there yeah. um, in, those, in those kind of stakes. That's kind of the news section. We've got some great interviews coming up. That was up. some great news, though. We did some great... Finally, considering, some really considering great Considering news. it's July still. Yeah. Some real news to talk about. Wow. Um, next week, we will be doing our show where we get into the Hall of Fame players from each existing Look, NFL Talk to team. me about this. Is this going to be split over two shows? I haven't f- figured that out yet. Are we going to... I it, think so. Is it over a few weeks? Because there are 32 teams, and we, there will be four of us talking about it, but then trying to pin down... Clancy and um, and Sherry is the most difficult thing. That's my concern. If we can pin them down and get like four hours out of this and spread over four shows, North, South, East, West, do two FC, two NFC each show, whatever way we're going to do it, 
I would love to do it that way and I would love to really get deep into it and do some spend lots of time researching it and, and really kind of get into it but if we have to do it over two hours over two shows because that's their availability that may be how we're doing it but the idea is if you've not heard the last show 45 to 55 players in any NFL season end up going to the Hall of Fame obviously that's spread out over some time and only goes up to about the 2004 season because we're still waiting for other people to get into the Hall from the remainder of the noughties as uh, they're supposedly called I hate that hate it but there I was thinking really about the um, the early noughties the noughties today and I agree with you I don't like it there is there's not really um, doesn't you know the 90s had had their thing we, we know about the 90s and the, in the 80s and the, so but what, what's happened in the noughties it was kind of like it's like a it's like a a passing decade don't yeah. you think it was a weird one it's weird definitely a weird one a transient decade yeah i mean you can't i can't think of what the, it was the, the fashions the, are it was the, the beginning styles. of this, the kind of social media and internet age the information yeah. age it was kind of that but yeah I, I, that, that's an interesting topic for a different podcast um, <laughs> it really is sorry <laughs> i digress carry on mon brave <laughs> so we're going to be discussing who from the current nfl who in the current nfl rosters will be going to the hall of fame in the future obviously there are big there are obvious obvious names in there Brady Larry Fitzgerald you know the obvious people but we will try and get a bit deeper and try and find some other ones that we think we can project to Hall of Fame careers etc etc so that'll be coming up in next week's show lots of great interviews to get to you then though first of all let's hear from uh, uh, the um, the owner and proprietor and hero behind our trip out to the US coming this gridiron deep south tour we've got coming up later this year from touchdown trips it's ben mortimer hello ben hello will how are we doing buddy i'm very well thanks uh, how are you keeping busy yeah I, I think that anytime we've had a conversation the answer has always been busy but in a good way and i think that that's the best way to be uh, you guys have got to be pretty much since the schedule release off your feet because uh, there have been so many exciting things going on and, and this is building up to be a really really brilliant nfl season and i imagine there are a lot of people who are looking to to travel out and and catch games in the states and vice versa yeah it's been really really uh pleasing uh, the response and i don't think i've ever worked as hard in my life but in a good way um since the schedule came out in april um so the interest has been good um one of my most favorite things in the world is putting together uh, random itineraries anyway and just looking at the schedule trying to make it fit with you know what city's going to work for that and oh look there's an away game you know 100 miles down the road let's do that and so um, I uh, I enjoy it you know so I keep telling people if, if you've got any kind of crazy idea just throw it at me and um, I'm happy to you know put something together because um, we've got we've got a couple of road trips that I keep pushing out there because I just love them so much there's an east coast one in, in over Thanksgiving which is for I think it's four games. It's three NFL games and a college game over six days, but it's all connected by Amtrak down the East Coast. Oh, wow. Um, What is it? It's Thanksgiving. So you go out for Thanksgiving um, and you go to see the Redskins um, and then stay in D.C. And from uh, obviously being there, you can go to College Park and see Maryland play um, Penn State. Um, And then it's the train uh, up to Philly um, where you've got the... um, the Eagles playing the Bears, I think, on the Sunday, and then is the train 
uh, down again to Baltimore um, for the Monday night game and then flying back on the Tuesday. But uh, that was, I put all that together and it was, I think it's double occupancy coming in at just over 1,500 quid a person, including your, um, you know, all of everything, your tickets and your... your, your that is your, it. <laughs> That's an absolute but, bargain. Did you say that the college game was Penn State as well, or...? Yeah, Nittany Lions on just over thanks, after Thanksgiving and over at, um, at Bird Stadium. Um, so it's 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 a really good package of games, but it's that kind of thing. It's it's um, I'd get very excited about something that's not particularly sort of cookie cutter as far as um, a trip goes. So. I might be coming back from our trip and then coming on that trip, mate. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, if you don't want to do the, you know, the deep south tour, then this does actually provide <laughs> a, uh, a, a a Thanksgiving East Coast option um, that's maybe not as all bells and whistles as our as our experience will be, but um, and it's not as long, but um, but it is it is a good little trip. And, and so as we've got a thing on our page we've done called the Need Inspiration on our website, so um, it's got a, a few fun ones up there. And I tell you, doing the train as well, we, we did that for a little bit of West Coast action, and it is, it's a lot of fun travelling around on the train as well. So that, that's a great idea. And obviously, you mentioned it there, our Deep South trip. I mean, the numbers have been excellent. Really, really pleased with the amount of people who are going to be joining us. It's going to be an amazing couple of weeks. And, and there are still a few places left if people want to get involved. I kind of, I, I ridiculously explained how that all works on the podcast for some reason, Ben. But, um, like, uh, there are still a couple of places left. And it's starting to come together even more so in terms of, you know, we kind of know where we're going to be going, what we're going to be doing after games. You know, for example, the Falcons-Cowboys game on the second weekend. We're looking to find somewhere to go and watch uh, the Patriots-Broncos game on Sunday night football after our game has finished. And there's, it's going to, I can't wait. It's going to be the best kind of 10, 11 days of the year by a country mile, not even close. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and as you said, there are a few spots left, and, and that's still the the option is still there to buddy people up as far as um, you know sharing rooms and stuff, just to, so you can pay the double occupancy. But um, yeah, it's it's everything's been set for quite a while as far as the hotels and the flights and things like that. They've all been locked in. Obviously, the game tickets, um, but. Yeah, I agree that those little things in between, um, we're kind of, you know, we're not set in stone on, on stuff like that. And so uh, uh, there'll be a, a few nice surprises, you know, popping up. Um, there might be a little sort of goodie bag as well uh, for each person that's coming on the tour just to uh, get things started nicely. Um, and then we'll look at, you know, maybe um, uh, you know, we, we will be finding places to watch the games when we're out there um, and uh, maximising our time. And you get to spend all that time with me and Ollie and Sherry uh, and yeah. Clancy. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of people that know what they're talking about. So that's also good. It'll be a, it'll be a very enthusiastic, knowledgeable group. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And then, then I'm coming along as well. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really good. Who like to think they know what they're talking about in our case. Uh, what's, um, I know that there was some, there was some, maybe a little bit of beef with, uh, with, with Ollie Hunter, uh, over some comments he made about this season. I mean, I have to say, you know, I've become a massive Ravens fan over the past two months just because of how in love I am with Brandon Williams, my new best friend. Mm, um, I saw the dance on Twitter. That was pretty impressive. Well, the dance. So after the dance, what you saw afterwards was he then went to hug me. It was one of the most genuine and lovely hugs I've ever received in my life. I felt truly welcomed into the Raven family. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, my wife's a Ravens fan. Uh, maybe I need if I need an AFC team, it won't be the Jags. Maybe I'm going to buy in on the Ravens. 
you can't go wrong. Um, but I think, uh, and Brandon, he does seem like a really, I mean, you know, a genuinely lovely fella from what I've seen. And I know he was over for the NFL UK stuff as well with the uh, with Neil and the interviews and stuff, and he came across very well. Um, and he also actually, I think when I mentioned on our Twitter, he did actually uh, like or favourite or whatever it is, um, the tweet, which I thought was nice of him. So, um, but no, what Ollie was saying was, because you're doing your preview, I think, of the Ravens, um, and um, I just thought he didn't, or neither of you gave necessarily that fair a shake to the offense. Now it's okay. I admit that it's there's no uh, mega mega money signings that have come on over the off season. But he did. He said basically, I think the quote was uh, Joe Flacco to Mike Wallace, and that's it. Well, you know, I mean, got, <laughs> I think I think I think I think Perriman when he's not injured showed flashes last year. Um, had some had some. He needs a big year, but I mean, he's a first round pick, and you know, you expect him to at least um, have a have a better season, season on season. And I think, you know, injury-free season, he'll actually surprise a lot of people this year. And then we did sign Jeremy Macklin as well, which was kind of forgotten at the time. I, I've got a lot of love for Jeremy Macklin. He was mentioned by Brandon Williams in the interview. Um, I, You know, I, I think he had a downtime in Kansas City comparatively because that system didn't suit what he does. But actually... My only problem with the Ravens' offense is last year there was such a lack of balance, and you've got the the strength in the interior line. You've got one of the best guards to run behind in the league, and they just passed and passed and passed and passed. And I get this game situation, but the the what I want to say about helping Joe Flacco, I just want to see. I need to I need to see it happen, Ben, before I believe in it. I need to I, see I it actually on the field. Yeah, I think I think they will they will lean far more on the run this year. I think the the indications coming from all the appropriate coaches has been that, and I think that it's not actually um, you know the worst. You know, the, I mean, Terence West, when he was actually given the ball last year, did a good job. Um, you got Danny Woodhead, who's a sort of you know change of speed uh, backslash receiver anyway, and then Kenneth Dixon once he comes back from suspension. I think is probably the best back in the in the backfield. So uh, I think you might be surprised, but anyway, it's, I think the, the Ravens get on better when no one really expects much from them anyway. Um, and uh, and and if you gave me the choice of a a Dilfer-esque offense and a 2000-ish defense, I'd take the defense every time. So uh, if, as long as it's competent, I don't really care. Yeah, I, I, I'm loving the additions in the backfield. I think they are the right ones in the, on the defensive backfield. I am still a little concerned about the linebacking core. I like the, the couple of rookies that you did pick up. Uh, the the uh, pass rusher whose name is going to completely escape me uh, and the uh, defensive oh, lineman. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really interesting fit for your defense. Um, I, you know, you're relying on rookies to make an impact, but then look, the Steelers never used to use rookies in their defense, and then they did last year, and they had three make a huge impact in year one. And the reason I'm excited about the Steelers in your division is because they've obviously got all those offensive weapons, but actually, on the defensive side of the ball, they made a big leap last year by using those yeah. rookies and having them be so impressive. There's every chance that could fall off. Yeah, we've no, only seen one I season. I, uh, I certainly would never underestimate the uh, the Steelers, and I think they will be. Um, yeah, certainly on on, uh, on on paper, they're the they're the, they're, the, they're looking the strongest team in the AFC North. I, I think you know, it'll be close behind that, um, probably to 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 the Ravens, and then after that, um, I think the Browns are obviously rebuilding and probably will surprise a few people as well finally uh, who i think somebody on the show it might have been it's either ollie or simon said that the browns are going to finish above the bengals this year uh i wouldn't be surprised i think the bengals have had a pretty awful uh, pretty awful offseason uh, they can't get the offensive line sorted it's going to be yeah. a real real problem uh look ben 
I, I first of all that trip that trip to the east coast with the amtrak etc sounds amazing and genuinely i am half considering speaking to my wife and seeing whether or not she can get that time of year off um but otherwise uh people need to get and check you out there are still tickets for the uh there are still seats available on the deep south trip so where should they find more information where should they get in touch with you uh, let them know Okay, just go to touchdowntrips.com is the easiest thing to do. Everything about, there's sub-menus on the specialty tours, and, and if you choose your team, all the teams are on there. Um, a good number of them have uh, suggested itineraries, or if you want to go on social media, we're at Touchdown Trips on uh, both Twitter and uh, and then Facebook is slash Touchdown Trips. Brilliant. Ben, look, enjoy continuing the off-season and uh, building up. We're going to have all the, the OTAs and everything else going on soon, and I'm sure there'll be lots of positive news out of Baltimore. I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, if not, I've got my fingers firmly crossed for you, at least. Uh, it's all good, Will. Thanks very much, and thanks for having me on. You're a star. Thanks, Ben. That's Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips. Check them out online, Touchdown Trips, uh, on uh, all of the social medias, as he said there. And do come and get involved in our Deep South trip, because there are a couple of seats left. There's a possibility of coming in. We can buddy you up if you want that cheaper single occupancy rate, or if there's a couple of you wanting to come. It's going to be a brilliant uh, couple of weeks, so do come and join us there. Right, let's turn our attention back to our interviews from the International Series uh, Summer Bowl then. Join my superstar safety of the Arizona Cardinals, Tyrion Matthew. Tyrion, first of all, Play 60 today, coming out to London. Welcome to the UK. For UK fans who don't know about Play 60 and these kind of Summer Bowl events, just tell us a little bit about what you've been doing today. Yeah, um, uh, basically um, uh, giving these kids a, a glimpse of what it is to, uh, to, to play in the NFL, be around NFL players, um, taking them through different drills, uh, uh, letting them play the game, uh, and trying to teach them the rules as well. So uh, it's always fun when you come out um, uh, and you see how uh, interested the kids are in the game um, and it uh, makes our job a lot easier. I mean, uh, you've been in the country a couple of days. You had the NFL UK Fan Forum last night as well. What's been your experience as a fan here in the UK so far? Well, I'm, I've been extremely pleased. Um, uh, obviously, uh, it's a great group of fans out here and um, uh, that's always um, inspiring to see. Um, you know, uh, when you talk about American sport um, uh, and reaching people all across the world. So uh, uh, it's been great. Great, great. You're playing against a divisional rival at, at uh, Twickenham, the home of rugby. Do you know anything about rugby? Well, I know it, um, it, it's violent, kind of like American football. So uh, uh, The tackling's know. a bit better. Not from you necessarily, but yeah, overall. Um, it, it's a brutal sport from what I can see. So <laughs> I had a couple guys um, actually uh, that played uh, on my team uh, in the NFL that was rugby players. So uh, um, from what I understand, uh, it, it's a brutal sport. Yeah, and, you know, it's a hard-hitting sport, not unlike uh, the NFL. Uh, let me ask about you personally a bit. Coming off that ACL injury going into last season, a bit difficult year overall for the Cardinals after going so deep in the playoffs the year before. How is the knee feeling now? Are you confident that you're going to be able to go out this year, maybe get back in the slot a bit more and, uh, and, and play hard? Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be a different different uh, season for sure. Uh, for me personally and for our team as well, um, we had a tough tough season last year, uh, I think, on a lot of different levels. and. Um, so uh, we'll bounce back, I'll bounce back, and uh, it'll be a great year for us. You've impressed a lot of people since you've come into the league, but you're playing alongside the guy that I think is the best cornerback in the NFL right now in Pat Peterson, someone who you've got a, a personal relationship with as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, me and him go way back to, to uh, obviously our college days, and um, uh, so uh, he takes great pride in uh, what he does on the football field and, um, uh, and, what, and the kind of player he is off the field as well. So uh, uh, I'm expecting uh, great things from him too this year. We're a football magazine, so feel free to go 
as in-depth on football as you want to with this, but with no Tony Jefferson this year, how's that scheme going to be looking in the backfield? Are you going to have to be doing a bit more of that strong safety role? Jefferson had, I think it was 13 tackles for loss last year. Are you going to get a chance to get after the quarterback a bit, get on some of those early blitzes? Yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, tweak some things, obviously. Um, You know, you can't really replace a guy like Tony. Um, uh, it, we thought he had um, uh, all pro season last year for us, and uh, it was it was good that he actually you know went out and he got the money that he deserved. And um, so uh, we'll tweak a few things. We brought a few guys in. Uh, we drafted some young guys that could play. So uh, I think all in all, um, our defense will still be one of the best in the league. What have been your early impressions of Buda Baker? Um, well, uh, obviously he's a good kid. Um, uh, you know he's very versatile. And, um, you know, we're going to need him to step up as well this year. Yeah, it's for you personally, I mean, there are guys that have left the team. You mentioned Tony Jefferson not getting paid. Calais Campbell joining the Jags as well. Is there pressure on you this year to perform because you've got that big contract because maybe other guys aren't there because of that? Uh, I don't really think it's pressure. Um, you know, when I'm healthy, I know I'm the best player uh, in, the, in the NFL. So, uh, uh, so I look forward to, you know, to just having a healthy season uh, mentally and physically. And um, so... Uh, uh, but it's no pressure at all. If I'm healthy, I'm, I'm the best. Brandon Williams is out here as well. Has he been hitting you up about what he's getting in a teammate and Tony maybe finding out well, some of the stuff that he can wind him up about? No, nah, well, we, we, talk, we talked about him yesterday. So uh, I think Tony is, uh, you know, I think he made a good f- first impression on those guys in, uh, in Baltimore. He's a good guy. Um, you know, uh, he's a locker room guy. Um, he's always going to uh, brighten up the day. And um, I, know, I know the Ravens got a good player in him. And I want to ask as well, I don't know how involved you are in this side of the game, but there's been a lot of talk here in the UK over the last couple of days. So a very prominent footballer has come out and spoken about the lack of ethnic minority head coaches and managers in football in this country. And there's a lot of people calling that a Rooney rule should be introduced uh, to Premier League football, to the Football League as well. As someone who plays in the NFL, have you seen the impact of... I mean, you play on a team where you have the first ever female coach in the NFL. So how important is that kind of diversity in the coaching that it reflects the playing as well? Yeah, I mean, I think it's extremely important. Um, you know, uh, anytime you can, you know, break new barriers. And um, uh, and at the end of the day, it's really about uh, being fair with everybody, um, uh, holding everybody to the same standards. Uh, um, so, uh, I mean, uh, I would hope that everybody could implement uh, a rule, kind of like the Rooney rule, um, and just make it fair for everybody to uh, at least have the opportunity or the chance to, uh, to to really pursue any dream they, they may have. We sat down with Coach Aarons and with Jen Welter at the Super Bowl and, and talked about this as a topic. I mean, from your perspective, being coached by somebody, it doesn't matter to you, I'm sure, what race they are, their gender, as long as they're doing the job. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, um, you want a guy that, that understands football, knows football, and a guy that you can relate to. Um, I think I've been fortunate, uh, you know, in my professional career, um, you know, I've had Bruce Arians, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, he understands both sides of it, obviously, um, so uh, he had a long road uh, to becoming a head coach, and uh, so uh, uh, he's used to dealing with, you know, minorities as well, so uh, uh, we've been very fortunate in Arizona. And finally getting to play a, uh, finally getting to play a divisional game against the Rams out here in London as well, that adds a little bit more fire to what the crowd are going to see. Yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, violent for sure, I mean, every time we play the Rams, uh, it's always a brutal game, so uh, uh, I don't know if it's going to be like watching a rugby game, but uh, it'll definitely be dominant and violent for sure. Brilliant, Terry, thank you for your time. Thank you, appreciate it. So I'm here with Joel Petonio, uh, offensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns. 
Joe, how are you finding uh, the UK so far, and how's your day been today with all the kids? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. We've been here for a few days now, and uh, just kind of exploring the history of the city and stuff has has really impressed me, and all the people here have been so genuinely nice and, and you know, welcoming to us, and uh, being out here with the kids is awesome. You know, you got, I didn't know so many people were interested in, you know, American football out here, and have so many guys playing and having a good time at such a young age. It's just really awesome to be a part of those guys. You've gone all out with uh, the, the stickers under your eyes and your jersey as well. You can't miss the, the Browns jersey amongst uh, these tiny children and, and uh, six foot <laughs> six foot ten you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think that's a smart way we put the orange on, so if I ever get lost out there, they'll be able to find me. How much are you looking forward to coming over back here with your teammates play the uh, the Minnesota Vikings? Um, it, it's going to be quite an experience for the, the entire team, right? Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, you know, we've never done it as a team, but I know a lot of the older guys that have been around are like, oh, we want to play in London someday, and it's, it's been a great experience, and uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, it's such an operation to move a whole team, so we're we're gonna we're excited to get over here and actually play. And Minnesota's a really good team, and they've been a good team, you know, on the verge of the playoffs the last few years. So it's gonna be a good challenge for us when we get over here. You know, it's gonna be at uh, Twickenham, home of rugby. Have uh, do you think the team we pr- be practicing laterals and uh, such like as a bit of an homage? <laughs> Maybe in the walkthrough, we'll mess around with some la- laterals and stuff like that. Our coaches never want us to pitch the ball, though. <laughs> Do you get tired of answering questions about Joe Thomas? Because he is uh, multiple All-Pro, could be a, a potential Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's one of the best in the business. You get to line up again, uh, line up with him every every practice and every game. So, is it tiring to to, to keep talking about him, or, or are you happy because he's such a great player? Yeah, I mean, he's such a great player and he's a great person, which it makes it easy. You know, maybe if he was uh, not so great of a person, it might be more annoying. But it's easy to talk to him and uh, talk about him, and he's really helped me as a player. So, you know, as many questions I get asked, that's fine with me. Um, you must also get tired of the QB talk uh, in and around of the Browns. Brock Osweiler's come in. Kessler's there. You've got the, the you've got um, Deshaun Kaiser as well. So does it matter who you, who lines up behind you or is it, scheme-wise? Is it, is it all kind of much of a muchness? Um, it's pretty similar. We're going to call similar plays, you know, for every guy. Everybody's a little bit different. But as an O-lineman, we just want to have the best guy out on the field help us win and so whichever one of those guys you know leads us and becomes our quarterback I'm going to be fully supportive of David Njoku uh, I loved him coming out of college I'm surprised that he fell that low to you guys I mean it's a great it's a great person to pick up then what have you seen from him in practice and how excited are you for him as a tight end sort of lining up along the line with you yeah I mean just looking at the guy he's freaky athletic you know he can jump he can run he's strong and uh, I've seen some of the catches he's had in just the preseason I mean the you know OTAs we've had and stuff and and it's impressive I mean he has really big wingspan and he has huge hands so I think he's a great component to our offense it's really going to help us be more dynamic as a passing team and as a uh, running team and talk to me about Hugh Jackson because it was a tough season last season uh, how is he going to get the team up from the 3-13 and 13 that, that you were last year to, to getting you a, a further closer to 500? Yeah, he's he's a great coach, and he's really the right man for the job. And he, um, he he's really kept us focused on winning as our you know end goal. And it's hard, when you like you said, when you lose a bunch of games. But he's putting us in the right place where we just need to make plays and do the right thing and execute, and we'll be in the right position. Brilliant. Thank you very much, yeah, Thank you. Cheers. A fellow NFL ginger as well. I love which, it, I love it. Very few of us. <laughs> a big, big fan of. I love it. Um, Johnny Hecker, punters. Uh, do you know what? Punter, the guy I think with the most Pro Bowls here, the most All Pros, the, yeah, the guy who's, of all the players here, obviously the biggest name. 
Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But uh, <laughs> I do have a couple accolades, which makes it fun to, to be here. Is it your first time over in the UK? Third time, actually. We played here in 2012, uh, and then we played here last year, played at Twickenham, which was uh, very fun. Yeah, how, what was it like playing at the the home of rugby? Because uh, you know it's obviously a huge sport over here. Yeah. First time in over a hundred years that stadium they've allowed another sport to use it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a pretty incredible honor. So it was a fun fun place to be. And the the stadium was just electric. The parking lot was full of people tailgating, having fun, getting rowdy before the game. And uh, they took the take the rowdiness into the stadium as well. It was pretty electric and. Uh, just the energy was fun to feed off of. You were at the NFL UK Fan Forum last night. Now, I didn't get to go last night, but I was following on social media. Can you explain John Scone to me? John the Scone. So, uh, or Scone as it should be pronounced. Scone. John the Scone. Uh, <laughs> so I, I had my first ever uh, high tea yesterday. And, Lovely. And they, they served me some scones, which I now know are scones. So the woman said, here are your scone. And I said, scone? She said, scone. I said, Scon? She said, Scon. She kept just repeating Scon back to herself. <laughs> we had this whole exchange where I didn't know what, if I was saying it wrong or saying it right, she just kept saying it. So uh, I was very confused for a bit, but uh, I ended up settling that over here it is Scon, and I had it with the uh, the curdled cream. It was amazing. Clotted cream. Yeah, not going to say curdled. Yeah. That makes it sound a lot worse. Clotted cream and, and, uh, <laughs> and the preserves. It was delicious. So. I, I was trying to explain, explain to somebody what a biscuit is the other day, and it's kind of the Scon. I think that's as close to a biscuit as you get here. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Their uh, biscuits are definitely more buttery than a scone, but uh, still tasty. Should we talk about football? I, I love talking about food. Whatever you want to do, I'm here for. I'm here for you. Uh, look, Johnny, you've kind of become famous uh, for your special teams plays, not just your amazing punting skills, but it seems to be particularly against divisional rivals that you're allowed to throw the ball a little bit. Yeah. Considering it's the Cardinals at Twickenham, are we going to maybe get to see a, a few fakes, a bit of something special from you? I, I would love to see that, but I'd also love for us to be just kicking their butt so we don't have to pull out the fakes. You know. Uh, if we have to, that'd be great. But if not, that's also great. I just want to win the football game. That's that's what the goal is at the end of the day. I mean, we saw it with the opening game of last season, the Coliseum. These can be real kind of down, dirty brawls between these teams. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily going to be a high-scoring side, but it's going to be proper football. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a solid balance of offense and defense. Uh, hopefully our special teams unit can contribute to the game as well. Um, but it's going to be very entertaining. I think they have a great offense. We have a great defense. They have a pretty talented defense, and our offense is on the rise. So it'll be fun to the NFL's premier running backs, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, um, and uh, just a lot, of, a lot of quality players out there on the field. And to see a division game like that will be huge. What have been your early experiences of, uh, of Coach McVay, and obviously not just him coming in, but Wade Phillips as well, the new coaching staff getting bedding in and, and there in L.A.? Yeah, they're, uh, they've totally taken hold of the team and uh, just have a great grasp of what it is that, that makes a successful football program, not just culture-wise, but um, just creating an environment where we can just communicate openly and honestly through all levels of the team, you know, us and media, us and the training staff, training staff and media, coaches and, and the service staff in the cafeteria. You know, it's just a, a fun environment to be a part of, and uh, the changes that have been made are really beneficial uh, early on, so I can't wait to see the dividends that it pays off on uh, on Sundays during the season. I mean, you guys are a young team anyway, but a really young head coach. You know, many teams in the league that have dozens of players older than that head coach. What's yeah. that been like? Yeah, historically young. I mean, 31 years old when he took the head coaching job. Um, but he's a guy that doesn't lack for uh, experience or wisdom. You know, you can tell that when you just speak to him. He's a guy that uh, has a great coaching staff around him where he really feeds off of their, their wisdom and experience. 
and he really just enjoys learning more and more about the game, the intricacies, and teaching us about it along the way. So he's a guy that has a, a huge hunger for knowledge of the game and, and a great enthusiasm about him as well. And finally, you talked about your great defense. I think you've got a really strong special teams there. Uh, Rams not just saying that because we're here and I you are a fellow that, yeah. NFL ginger. But Very sweet, yeah. The, the offensive side of the ball is where the focus it has been from people, particularly with Coach McVay coming in as well. What do you think we're going to see from Jared in year two that means that he can progress from where he was? Yeah, I mean, just, just watching him during OTAs and during off-season workouts, he's a guy that's, uh, you can tell, put in a lot of work to improve and and make sure that the, the mistakes that happened last year don't don't repeat themselves. And uh, we made some great key acquisitions, you know, with uh, with Robert Woods and Sean Whitworth. Sean Whitworth? Andrew, 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 Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth it's fine. I'm really sorry. I won't tell him you said that because he's another NFL Gosh, ginger. You can't be doing it. this to us. Andrew Whitworth. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just been a, a great transformation that's taken just a couple key parts, and I think uh, – we're really going to see big, big things pay off in that end, and solid rookie acquisitions as well. Um, guys that are just hungry to get on the field and impact the game in a positive way. So, uh, and seeing seeing Coach McVeigh and, and uh, Coach Lafleur's kind of uh, modifications that they've made, I think, are making things a bit more palpable, easier to learn for the offense, and uh, and spreading the ball around really well is will be really fun to watch. Any message for the UK fans? Make sure there's lots of blue and gold in the stands at Twickenham in, what, week seven, I think it is? Yeah, I think uh, I think they're going to run a special on Johnny Hecker jerseys online, so <laughs> get out there, get them. Uh, no, but just show up, have fun, uh, be loud, be a part of the game, be quiet when we're on offense, be loud when we're on defense, and, uh, man, just, just cheer your Rams to victory. We're here for you guys. We love you. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, Johnny. Absolutely. Thank Cheers, you. Man. Appreciate it. Tieran Matthew, Joel Petonio, Johnny Hecker. I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking to all of those guys. Interesting stuff. Uh, and we'll get to more previews of their seasons and their matches coming up once we've got through our Hall of Fame shows. Ollie, before we go, any final thoughts, Mon Brav? Uh, I've got um, cricket Saturday, football training, first game back or first time back uh, on Sunday morning for my Armenian team. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, I keep forgetting about that. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, other than that, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Saturday night is going to be great, I think. What do you think? Uh, my wife's surprise birthday party. Oh, I can't believe you're saying that. This is so... There's no chance she's listening I to know, this. but it might get back to her. And she knows that we're having a surprise birthday party, basically. Oh, no. She just, she's figured it out, but she doesn't know anything about it, so she doesn't know where it is, who's coming. What do you mean she's figured it big out? Big surprises. Look. Did you have to tell her? No, I didn't have to tell her. Let's we'll get over it. It's fine. There's going to be so many great surprises that I'm not going to reveal on here, just in case they get back. Okay, to yeah, but how I'll did you figure it, it out? Next week's show, I'll reveal all on next week's show. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sully the waters. Is that because you've got to sully some other waters? Uh, it's exactly what it is. I'm <laughs> desperate for the loo. So, uh, okay. look, thank you very much for joining us today at Gridiron on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you, uh, your impressions on the uh, season preview magazine, which you can still buy via Gridiron-Magazine.com in WH Smiths and all other good magazine sales places, news agents. That that's, right that's often what they're called also um, get your <laughs> early nominations for or ideas for players on your roster your team's roster that you think could be a Hall of Famer we don't want Aaron Rodgers but someone else who you think could take it to the next level in the next com- in the coming years uh, at Gridiron on Twitter at Will Gav at Ollie Hunter let us know this has been the Gridiron Show you should have just done that you could have done the outro mate I could Come have on. done you could have been in the bog by now yeah exactly Christ's sake